Hey guys, what's up? This is Luke, and welcome to this week's episode of Catching Foxes, or last week's episode of Catching Foxes. Who really knows? Time has no meaning. Is this even real? I highly doubt it. Okay, so uh, this has been a little bit of a weird uh, weekend. I apologize. This is getting out to you guys so late, but uh, so here's what happened. Uh, last week, Gomer had some stuff happened, and he, w- he was not able to record, and then I had some stuff happen this past uh, weekend, so I wasn't able to get it out to you guys until today, but let's talk about what we ended up doing for this episode. So I ended up interviewing a couple of different individuals at um, different times and had three amazing conversations. This was actually really cool. And I think if you guys um, like this, we might even do do this again. Uh, if you do enjoy this, please let us know on our um, on our um, Patreon page. That's patreon.com slash CF. Again, you all know it. Let's be honest. Patreon.com slash CF. We'd be very curious to get everyone's thoughts. Okay, so what happened? Um... I ended up interviewing a couple different individuals for about a half hour each, and we I ended up having some really great conversations that I'm excited I'm, I'm excited uh, to talk to talk to share with all with all of with all of you guys. So here's who I um, chatted with. I spoke with I spoke with an old college buddy of mine, Lucas Hennessy, about how he got and started going to the. Uh, traditional Latin mass, the impact that it's made on his life and how important it is to him now. And then we just kind of go talk about the faith um, in general. And it was a really good um, conversation. I think you guys are really going to like that, especially if you're curious as to like why do people go to the Latin mass or if, or if um, you um, yourself are interested in starting to go. I think this is a really just kind of a um, good, um, you know, you know how when you like uh, first pour out a glass of wine and if it's a good bottle and if you're not a dork and you actually know what you're doing, you want to try to, you know, you're going to try to see, oh, what does this wine, what does this wine smell like? You're going to like, you want to smell the bottom of the glass to try to see what are some of the earthy tones and you might smell the top part of the glass to see what are some of the more, uh, more fruity and or floral tones. It might being right um no but really i think this is uh kind of like that it just gets a good whiff to see um a good whiff of like what is the traditional latin mass all all about and it's, it's just it's an overall very good um conversation i think you guys will enjoy then i talked to bernadette dalgetty uh her and her husband steve um had a um they've been doing a wedding phot- photography on business for about uh 10 about 10 years now and we talk i talked with um bernadette about um just like how they got going the you know really trying to find your creative voice what it's like to start your own business especially one that is a creative business and then we go into like how has covid in, um impacted them and how hard that's been just just to just to try to navigate and then our last um, our last um, conversation finally making their grand appearance on the podcast you've heard about them before sarah rogers and i'm a sarah rose bort uh they have experience both at a parish and at the diocesan level doing young adult ministry with a certain someone we won't say who uh it's me you'll find out um later on but we have a we had a really good chat about uh doing ministry and uh kind of an honest um, conversation about like you know the impact of me leaving on um, what that did to the adult ministry, like how they approached um, they approached ministry, and it, uh, we often talk about is a ministry a cult 
of on the personality like what is that what does that have to do with it and that led to a really just a really robust and good conversation that I think you're all really going to like so three different um, conversations um one about uh, the traditional um, the traditional um, Latin mass um one about starting a creative business and one about one about um, a young adult ministry this is a very catching foxes episode and, and here was a cool part of, it was a, here was the cool part about all of this was this was totally random I didn't know on what I was going to do I was emotionally exhausted and I didn't know what to do and I just got this idea and I sent out a tweet and I and I sent out an Instagram post and I said who wants to come on the podcast and all of these individuals, we actually had a ton of responses. So I apologize if I couldn't get back to everyone. Uh, it was really cool how many people were interested in coming on the podcast. And this was so good that I really think we might do this again. Uh, this was really, I'm um, really fun. So I think down the road, what we'll do is just kind of put out these random on um, the tweets and see if anyone wants to um, come on. Cause it leads to a really fun and spontaneous conversation it's just something about it where people aren't aren't expecting it and it happens it's it was cool so yeah so i hope you guys um like this me and gomer will be back at the end of this week i think uh, no he will because we have a better help out at the end of the week you bet your ass we're, we're gonna be back yeah so i want to thank you all again for uh just being a part of what we're of what we're doing here uh if you want to head on to our patreon page there's a ton of good stuff ha- happening with our september challenge that's been really cool I have wussed out because my dog died and I've been sad. But uh, other than that, uh, yeah, so I really hope you guys are having a great day. Hope you guys are having a fantastic um, Labor Day weekend. And uh, thank you for being a part of just w- of whatever the heck I'm Catching Foxes is, especially all of you that are that are on Patreon with the with the um, September um, challenge, which it's not too late to join that. Any level works. Uh, it's been really, really cool to see all, the, all of... The, I think this is the most um, action we've had on our Patreon page. Uh, so who knew? Okay, uh, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. I've been blabbing for a while. Uh, and let's start with our first interview with Lucas Hennessy. I am definitely not the young kids in the ministry guy. Hardest thing. No, and and that's what I you know I was trying to think like what can we talk about? I was like there's there's I mean we could just go on about I'm a '90s I'm a Christian rock stuff which I am fine with. We could do that. I also am a tratty. I, well, re- I wanted to ask you about that, but I was like, Let's I don't do want to. It. Yeah. Let's do so, it. I'm, I'm down, man. So here's what I like about you is like we have um, talked about it, and I'm not saying this is true with all. Um, okay, so it's weird. I think I get this weird. Oh, here. Sorry, I don't. I don't have my camera on. Uh, I think I get this weird rap on the podcast where people think that I am very. Uh, I'm against rad trads. And it's weird because I'm like, well, when I was in Cincinnati, I went to Old St. Mary's for mass almost every week. I mean, we were practically parishioners there, which is if you want to right. describe just what, you know, Old St. Mary's is for people who don't know. Oh, Old St. Mary's is uh, I mean, it's in like the old German part of Cincinnati. It's where my wife and I got married. Um and uh it's got the it's got the longest aisle in Ohio, actually. But it's it really <clears> um 
It's uh, it's an old German Paris. It's in the German part of town. They still have a German mass there on Sundays, but it is. Uh, I mean, it's run by the by an oratory, uh, and they're tr- very traditionally minded. I mean, they they still say the Novus Ordo. They you know, but they've they have slowly started moving Old St. Mary's towards you know a traditional uh, you know leaning place. Oh, yeah. Where mm-hmm. you know they've got a traditional Latin mass on Sundays now. I mean, it was it was the um, sort of quote. Uh, you know, quote unquote gateway for me to finding the traditional Latin mass in Cincinnati was mm-hmm. I was going to all of the, I was going to every parish throughout the city and then went to old St. Mary's and I was like, Whoa, they only do communion kneeling and on the tongue at the communion rail. Yeah. Yeah. I love it's it. Pretty like I've never, I've never seen it. Right. Um, and then, you know, just, uh, got to know them and they had a, uh, seven fifteen um, AM, you know, uh, traditional Latin mass, uh, said by father Valentine young who, who passed away last year, but I started serving the TLM for him. And, you know, uh, once, once that happened, it was kind of history. <laughs> and it's, it's, you know, and, and I, I think, um, what I've always, um, what I've always um, liked about you is that anytime we have, anytime we have um, talked about it, you haven't been, uh, um, you haven't um, been a dick about it. And I'm not trying to say that everyone who goes to a Latin mass is a dick. I just think when you have those opportunities to talk to people about it, it tends to be online or in well, yeah, don't do it on Twitter. Yeah, That's and it's so number. it's or just in a thing where it's always it's very rarely is it just I'm with a friend and you're just hanging out and you are talking about it. Mm-hmm. And I well, think- and just to just to be fair, I have I have been that guy plenty what? of times. Oh yeah, <laughs> I remember back when like uh, back when I'm a, sorry now I'm like let me provide you I'm with an example. It's always I'm with a suck out, but no, but just um, yeah. Sorry, sorry. You can um, you can um, no no, no go ahead. I, I was just gonna say I've, I have been that guy, but yeah, Twitter Twitter's a wasteland for that kind of stuff. It I mean, is. it's the, it, it's the one on one conversations like grab a beer you know uh if you're a couple dudes smoke a cigar grab a cigarette and you know whatever it is like don't you miss i'm a smoking cigarettes i I do (laughs) i Um, really do (laughs) so much (laughs) but uh but but yeah i mean like that's the that's the way it's gotta it's gotta happen because the on you're not gonna change anybody's mind and you're not gonna get anybody to agree that you have a point by you know posting on twitter or or Facebook or or whatever you want to do. It's just not it's not going to happen. Yeah, and it's 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 tough because there are. I mean, so um, this is um, this is I'm aware I'm at. I'm with it, and I would love to get um, your take on just I'm um, just I'm aware I am. So mm-hmm. I <laughs> let me make it all about me in true AMDG fashion. Um, <laughs> I hey, you know, at least you're self aware. Sure, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is also very. Anyways, uh, like. You know, so I go to I, you know I used to go to Old St. Mary's almost every week. Um, I have never actually been to a full on um, Latin mass, but mm-hmm. I would very much prefer to have to just like have a communion rail to have. Um, I I really like all of the chanting that that um, smells and bells. Yeah, smells and bells. I mean, the whole the, the guy who would do yeah. all of the chants. It was just it really felt like you were entering into the son's worship of the father. Like you're entering mm-hmm. into this thing that's going on. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's outside of you, you know, yeah. and and you're allowed to be, and you can 
be a part of it if you want. In the sense, like you're there, you're you are um, playing along with what's happening, and it's really cool. Which I don't think you get with I get these terms wrong. The Nova Sorda, which is the usual one that right. like we grew up with. Yes, you know, yes. and so. But where I have the hardest time is when it comes to like, the, the, you know, and this is weird because I agree with a, like probably half to two thirds uh, of the of the stuff on that they say. Taylor Marshall, other people, I'm like that is where don't, it gets. Don't stumpy. put me in a bucket. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm not. But like that's where, he, and yeah. this is also tough because I'm I'm for some freaking reason now I'm in this world where I have to talk about these things, you know, right. and so right. it gets up because he's. Because it sucks. So, like, I will – and every time I – like, you know, Old St. Mary's, we were – that was by far the church that reached out to us the most. Mm-hmm. Like, hands down, by far. I mean, I remember uh, – you know the um, older guy who used to do all the readings and stuff for uh, for a bit? I forget his name. I'm sure I do. We, uh, know I know. Yeah. I, I, I'm sure I do. Like, he invited, uh, um, um, he invited us – out the frishes uh, uh, with mm-hmm. them after mass, we um, couldn't go. But it was the most um, Cincinnati thing ever. I was going to say, how very older guy Cincinnati of him to do to invite the frishes. Like you have no idea how badly I want to go to Big Boy right now with you. <laughs> you have, n- anyways. It just and but there's just this thing of where I'm like, ah, I just I can't like. I almost feel like, and I almost feel like to have to be a part of it, I have to be kind of against Rome almost. Which sounds weird, but I mean in the sense of, like the, the papacy, and I don't. This is why I would never like go down the um, the Byzantine route. Is I just mm-hmm. I almost like I can't um give up on like the current church. Sure. So and I, I don't know if um, that makes sense or not. No, no, that makes sense to me. I mean, I, I that's something that I've wrestled with uh, a lot. Um, I mean, so <clears throat> in uh, I'm going to reciprocate and make it all about me. Um, Fair. So I would say in 2010, you know, 10 years ago, I was, I was very much in the same, um, in the same, you know, boat of, you know, and viewpoint that, that you're taking. Um, I was, I was, you know, Peter, you know, God's never going, uh, Peter upon this rock, I will build my church and, and the gates of hell will never, never prevail against it. Right. And, Mm um, and, you know, there is, there is, you know, this idea of obedience that is, you know, pervasive through, you know, all of the religious orders. They take vows of obedience. It's, it's central to Catholic culture, right? Like yeah. it's, yep. it, you have to have it. And if you don't have it, it's not Catholic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, so not even going down the, the SSPX route, but just going down the, the tradi, you know, the, the TLM route, um, I don't necessarily want to go down like the whole historical, like what happened or whatever, but like there is to me something fundamentally different between the traditional Latin mass and the Novus Ordo. Um, And I'll, I'll indulge just a little bit in terms of throughout centuries, the mass was organically sort of uh, developed and not intentionally changed uh, over that time. And the Novus Ordo is, something that was basically written uh, from uh, f- from Archbishop uh, Bugnini, he came up with the whole rite. Um, and so it, that in itself is, is basically a break with Catholic tradition. So if you want to get down into the history of it, 
you can do that. I'm not saying the Novus Ordo is invalid. I do not believe that. I All of the sacraments I've received, with the exception of marriage, have been in the Novus Ordo. So I don't, I, I didn't, I didn't get rebaptized. I didn't get yeah. confirmed. I, you know, like all that, all that kind of stuff, like all my confessions are, are valid to the best of my knowledge. Um, so I'm, I'm not making any crazy claims. Um, but to your point, there's the smells and bells aspect of it. And I feel like in the traditional Latin mass, it's, it's that times 10 or times a million or, you know, yeah, it's sure. exponentially mm-hmm. different. Yeah. Where, um, where it is, you know, the, the priest is offering sacrifice and it's clear that the, the purpose of the mass is sacrifice and not a meal. Um, and that's, you know, that's evident by the priest turning away, you know, turning east and facing, uh, you know, leading the people in prayer instead of facing them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that those things are, they were, they were certainly foreign to me when I first started, um, uh, going to the traditional Latin mass first, uh, traditional Latin mass I ever went to was at old St. Mary's. It was cause, uh, father Kyle Schnippel. I know, you know him. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was, uh, the deacon at a solemn high traditional Latin mass. And I went, um, and just to, just to sort of support him. And I was like, Oh, holy shit. This is way different. Yeah. And yeah. Kind of in, in, intriguing. Um, but and then I it kind of piqued my interest from there, and then you know you get to researching it, researching and everything. But you know, long long story short, even if you look at like the documents of Vatican II and all that kind of stuff, like what uh, Sacrosanctum Concilium says about the liturgy, it it never called for like a new mass. You can do all of the things that Sacrosanctum Concilium calls for in the traditional Latin mass, and when you see those things actually being put into practice by, you know, uh, in, in whatever, in whatever mass, like, Mm -hmm. but it, but when you, when you look at the intention of those things and you see them actually being put into practice, you're like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm a I I go to Pius the 10th church, SSPX church, but I'm not saying that everything in Vatican two is all bad. Right. Like I'm not willing to throw it all out. Like, Sacrosanctum Concilium, like active participation means I'm not just sitting there praying the rosary during mass while this other thing's going on over here. It's like I'm actively understanding what the parts of the mass are and I'm sort of entering into, you know, um, the, you know, these are, you know, these are the parts of the mass. I'm following along in my missile and like to me, that's active participation, not like holding hands at the Our Father and that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, no, and I, I think that's the um – that's the draw, uh, um, oh, with me to it. And again, I haven't been to a full on Latin mass yet, but sure. just to uh, when it tends when it tends to lean that way. So if if I say at you know Ulti Marys, that's what I mean. It just mm-hmm. it it doesn't um, it doesn't um, feel like the active stuff is cute. You know, right. Which is how it's always felt before. As it's, it's like have this um, touch of isn't that nice. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, like, every now and again. Right. But when it's, like, the whole thing is just this, like, this is cute, right? Like, we aren't, we aren't being – we aren't um, acting like my angry old Catholic uh, dad who I couldn't stand. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it, it, there's this weird element to it of I feel like a lot of stuff that people have done was in rebellion against their parents who they despised. 
I, or something. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah, just like, I, I, I want to be the. I want to be a church that they aren't. So I'm going to d- yes. do this. Well, and I and I, I think I think you, you're on to something here. I think something that draws me towards, um, you know, the tra- the traditional Latin mass in, in that way is like, you know, I, I mentioned that Old St. Mary's was kind of the gateway for me to go there. For you know, I came back to Cincinnati from uh, from Steubenville in 2007. Um, so I had I, it was basically three to four years that I was going throughout the entire city trying to find a home in a parish. Mm-hmm. I went to almost every parish within the 275 loop in Cincinnati, trying to find a place that I could find that I could call home. That's a lot. And, I, and, and yeah, it's a lot. It's I a was lot. yes, I was everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I could not find it. And I, I, I still can't put my finger on it other than like, I don't, I don't know what it was other than I think you're right. And you're on to something that there is a, a seriousness to the Latin mass that it's not about like, look at me or isn't this cute or whatever. It's, Hey man, we're here to pray. Like the, the, the goal for our, our faith is, to get to heaven, man, and like to do the best for your state in life and everything else to that is secondary. And when you come here on Sundays, you better be focused on that thing. Um, and I feel like I found that, um, in the traditional Latin mass, I, you know, I, we could talk about the, the society of St. Pius the 10th. We don't necessarily need to get into that, but, uh, <clears throat> I found that where I'm at, where I'm at right now is I found that community of people that that's their goal. And that's, those are the people I want to surround myself with, Yeah, sure. you know, where we all struggle with, you know, with, with sin and with how to, how to be Catholic in a workplace where, you know, uh, people are, are, you know, the vitriol for, for, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's rampant against everything that you believe in. And right. Like, those are those are the guys that I relate to, and I found them there. But, but yeah, it's that seriousness and that that goal of salvation that I found in the traditional Latin Mass that like keeps me going. And you know, as long as I have it, I'm going to go, man. <laughs> no, no, I I totally get that. That's 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 actually that actually answers um that actually answers the other question that I was going to that I was going to ask you was uh, like how has that impacted um your faith, but. It sounds like it's been a pretty like there was before that and then afterwards. Uh, yeah, I would. <clears throat> I would. I. I can't. You know, I'm not going to make any. Um, you know, bold claims that I'm where I need to be. <laughs> where I need to be. I mean, you and you and Gomer always joke about how like, yeah, I'm terrible at prayer or whatever. Like, dude, I'm the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I struggle. It is the my biggest struggle in life to get up. At, at you know early and make just ten minutes for prayer in my life. Like so, from a from a faith perspective, like I, I separate it into two things. I think there's like the what do I believe side of things, and then how do I act side of things. And the two should be completely in sync in an ideal world. Um, and I have the the older I get and the more experience I get in 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 my faith and you know I have four children now and uh, and and all that it's I have put aside the idealistic like you better believe X or you are wrong and going to hell like 
no, man, like if you don't pray and you don't actually like work on yourself to have a better relationship with, (laughs) with, with Christ and, and like live in the sacraments, then I mean, you're a Pharisee, like, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Coming from a trad calling people a Pharisee, that's, that's not directed towards trads. That's directed towards everybody. Everybody. If you're believing one way and acting a completely different way, you think you're pure because you believe one way and not another way, man, I got a big problem (laughs) because I'm the worst sinner in the world. It doesn't matter what mass I go to, right? Like, it doesn't matter what mass you go to. I, you know, I know you and I actually disagree on some things. Mm just because from what I've heard on the podcast, but I don't care, man. I know that you're trying and I know that like you're doing absolutely the best. Like, so I, and I, I, you know, I should take the log out of my own eye before I start criticizing anybody else on, on what it is. Like, so, so that's why I appreciate you guys, man. Is like, you guys have that down is like, man, I gotta, get better. I gotta get better at that. Like yeah. what you believe I think God's more willing to forgive, you know, if you're a little bit wrong here or there, as long as you're honest and you're actually trying to do yeah. what the church intends. Cause that's like the, the minimum requirement for, for validity on any sacrament, right? Like to do what the church intends. Um, even if you don't like have the perfect intention, right? Like mm-hmm. as long as you still intend to do what the church intends as a, as a priest or whatever, it's still a valid sacrament. Uh, and so I, you know, I think it's a little bit more lenient on the laity here to say, Hey man, as long as you're trying to be Catholic to the best of your ability and you're actually making an effort to, to have a, a spiritual life and not just some like purist, idealistic belief, then you're doing all right. And that, that's not to say that I don't think that, People should be looking for the best liturgy that they can go to and the best mass that they can go to. Like, you know, I've got my own opinions on that. But if you're trying, uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to criticize you. You know, yeah, I think <laughs> so you're on. it's I, I'm this is if there's one thing that I can't stand about the podcast is I feel like it has um, it um, has allowed me to at times to indulge parts of myself that I don't like, which is that like, and you, you know, kind of thing, just being angry at people, you know, and it's just because it's like, you gotta say something and, and just, and like th- those feelings are there, but it doesn't mean that I can't, at least I'm going to process them and then I'll let them go. I don't have to like, mm-hmm. act like these are what I really think. And I think there's this thing, you know, I used to be like, when we got out of college, I remember being very, uh, I thought orthodoxy was going to save the world. I really, mm-hmm. really did. I really, sure. and I, I, I don't want to write off that idea because I think that is very. I mean, to me, it's a non-negotiable. But, mm-hmm. um, but there's also this, you know, there's this part that didn't really start happening until I was in my late twenties, early thirties, where it's just like, okay, trying is the bare minimum, <laughs> you know. So, and that's like, which sounds like, isn't that sad? But I'm like, actually, in today's world, not really. Because that implies a, like a whole lot of martyrdom just within your own heart, within your, you know, your own relationships and mm-hmm. all of that stuff where it really, um, you know, I was, I'm listening to this band um, right before, uh, right before we like podcasted 
called Gasoline Heart. I don't know if you ever mm-hmm. listened to that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just, I think you've seen it on, on, on Twitter. I adore them. I was gonna, I, I know that you are a Gasoline Heart fan. I don't share your love for them. <laughs> it's but. so good. But anyways, it, uh, I mean, were you into Squad 5.0 at all? Uh, I'm familiar with some Squad okay, 5.0. So yeah, so it's not, not. I was never like a huge, huge fan, fan of Squad I mean, they're not like Squad 5.0 at all except there's this ethos there to it that is kind of the same if that makes sense and there's just this bitter ex-christian um rock star thing to it that i just love and i just and i was i'm listening to it and i was just like you know i like this is the sound of someone trying Mm -hmm. you know and i i will take that um Especially as I just as I get as I get older there are certain uh, um, battles that i just don't want to fight anymore Man, I, I mean, if you want to delve into the music world and how we can relate this to the '90s Christian music world, like I'm all in. Let's do, do it. We do have a couple. So I have to. I have. I have another call at about a quarter till, and I have That's to go and grab a water. So maybe right, we have fair like enough. Eight minutes. Fair enough. Uh, but no, I. In terms of like trying, I. That makes me just think of Pedro the Lion and Dave Bazan. Yes. Like, yes. Like yeah. that is. You could see that guy's struggles in every bit of music that he put out. Now he's lost his faith, and and he's and he's gone down a, a path that I don't agree with. Um, but that guy's honest. I'd rather have an honest guy that's actually searching. You guys had Derek Webb on your podcast a long time ago. Funny, did not know I, that's where he had gone. <laughs> What's well, going on? <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, but I I listened to his podcast after that, and it's it, I mean, in a nutshell, it's really sad the way that that he and a lot of people have had to struggle with you know with what they do. But um, I do think that there is at least an element of honesty um, in those in Dave Bazan and Derek Webb and those, those former Christian musicians that have lost their faith, you know, Derek Webb mentioned on his podcast, he's like, I am not trying to discount anything uh, and say that Christianity is wrong. He, he's like, I just don't know. Now I don't know how he's going to get back. That's, that's, you know, that's for between him and God and people that interact with him and everything like that. I'm not going to, you know, be some righteous guy on the internet that, that makes him believe one way. But there is a bit of honesty to that where he's trying. He lost it to you know, at some at some at some point he went off <laughs> off the 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 path. Mm-hmm. Um and maybe, you know, uh, and maybe he maybe he never had it. Who knows? But he was he's at least trying to search for truth. And I hope, you know, I hope that those you know that 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 honesty will bring them to some tr- objective truth, right? Yeah. Well, and it's weird too because if, if you look at both those guys' music in the past, there's a clear like they were trying, like like they were trying to find. You know, I mean, with Derek Webb, you can kind of see it happen. You mm-hmm. know, like once he gets the Stockholm almost syndrome. There's oh, this yeah. thing to it. Where totally. like, that's yeah. where it could have gone either way. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. I mean, again, I have, I have um, no idea. But like in terms of his music, it's you know, and it's and there's a thing where I'm like, I kind of think the majority of us have to go through that. And yeah. sometimes you're going to walk like there are people. I mean, Christ 
in the scriptures, like he deliberately like poked people to be like, "Are you going to leave?" Or he said that like, and he knew, like at some point. I am not saying that it's great when people um, lose their faith, but there is this thing where um, your faith has to grow and be and be um, challenged, or if not, it's not real. Like it's 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 um, better. I think. Like would it like would it be better to just stay this um, lukewarm, dull um, Christian, or to uh, like um, lose your faith, or like at least to, to say I don't know right now? That's exactly the sower, the parable, uh, the parable of the sower and the seed, right? Like you know, if you sow the seed on rocky ground and you don't have the depth of the soil to in the nutrients, you know, you might grow quickly, but you're gonna die quickly, right? Yeah. And yeah. And, you know, I, I don't I don't have any knowledge of uh, of of anything either way. But, yeah, I mean, it, trying is the bare minimum. I don't <laughs> um, you know, I'm not some some crazy person that says, uh, you know, it, it, I, I'm not going to put God in a box and say <laughs> and say that God cannot uh, save somebody that's that's trying um, but I do think you have to make an honest effort at it. You know, I, yeah. you know, yeah. we all, we all have our own individual, um, you know, roadblocks and biases against, uh, against Catholic teaching even. Um, and we need to do our best to make sure that we remove all of those things. But, you know, um, but yeah, it's, it, to me, it's, it's the honest effort. That is the, the number one thing that, that, um, you know, that, that you need, but anyway yeah no i would agree i think that's why that's one of the reasons why community is so important it's just because you have to um it's you can't do it on your own Mm -hmm. you know like there's just it's there's it's there's this weird thing about it where it's it is quite literally impossible agreed so agreed and and that's the i mean we could uh luke i know you and I are both talkers. We could talk about this for hours on end. I mean, give me, give me another bourbon and, and, and we'll go. Um, but, uh, and, and if my wife ever listens to this, uh, she will roll her eyes at the idea of community, but you're, you're absolutely right. You need people around you that, uh, that believe the same core things that you believe and, that can support you. And if you don't have that, you are, I mean, I, just from personal experience, like working in places where I don't agree with anybody politically or a lot of times morally about something. And I feel closed out and shut up from, you know, talking in the, in the workplace slack, you know, yeah, or, or yeah, something like, yeah. that. like I don't feel the freedom to be me, <laughs> you know, like, and community brings that in that says you can be you flaws and all, but we're going to make you better by, by calling you on and, and, you know, to, to, to coin a Steubenville phrase, but, uh, <laughs> <All> reliable, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, so, uh, yeah, I think you're right. Community is a, is a big part of it. That's why we have, parishes that's why we, that's why the church is constructed the way it is from a from a governance and a and, a, and just a physical standpoint we have parishes and bishops and you know dioceses and to build community in you know the church is not is not it, it is this global thing but the church is 
small too. It's you and me talking right here. Like, like that is the church. Like, I mean, you know, it's, it's interpersonal relationships with people too. Yeah. 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 Dude, this has been awesome. Yeah. Thank you. And for some reason I had your Skype. I don't know why I had your Skype, but I did. I had your Skype from like 2016. I don't think you and I have ever Skyped. Yeah. uh, I don't know if I saw it. I was like, there's Lucas. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. This was fun. Um, No, this was, I I was, and I really appreciate you just being like, yeah, like I'll do it because I I just, I was really hoping it was going to be at least one person, one person, you know, um, that I knew. So, well, you know. I am just going to put it out there. I'm going to take credit for your, uh, you know, your foray into podcasting because you blogged for my old blog. Back <laughs> <in the> back. <laughs> that was so much fun. We can I, leave. We can leave it at that. We yeah, don't have to. Yeah, anymore. it was so funny. Is like I was out at uh, this. Uh, then I got to go. But I was at uh, this. Was, I was at some event with with all of the adult stuff that I was doing, and a person brought that up. Are you? I, yeah, I don't. I don't remember who or what or why. And I was like, "Oh yeah, we did that. <laughs> we did that." And it was amazing. Yeah, I just remember. Like, I think my my favorite one was I blogged about a girl that I was like in love with in high school that I saw her on Facebook and she had a huge nose. And I was like, "Never mind." <laughs> Feeling like <laughs> the scales on my eyes, which sounds horrible in hindsight. I won't. I won't include that in, in the podcast. Oh, I'm gonna go look it up though. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find it. <laughs> so, cool. All right, man. Thanks, man. No, I appreciate it. Yeah. This is fun. Right. Yeah. All right, I'll talk to you later. This is great. Uh, you, why don't you tell people who you are so they're not like, who's this person? Okay. <laughs> okay. My name is Bernadette Delgetti. I um, I live in Northern Virginia uh, with my husband and three kids. Excellent. Two rabbits, two parakeets in residence as well. So we're kind of starting like a Noah's Ark over here. That's basically. awesome. Um, I- yeah. We are wedding and family photographers, and up until COVID, we were full-time with that. <laughs> How's that going? Uh, well, Steve got a job, another okay. n- nine-to-five, and okay. that is an insane blessing, so praise God. Good, good. Um, But we're still doing a few a few weddings this summer and, and this fall, and the funny thing is, most of our people that have kept their weddings are all of our Catholic couples. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Then I, I have kind of um, noticed that for the most part... My Catholic friends are still getting married, yeah, and most of them, and the majority of my non-Catholic friends aren't like they are pushing it back. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yeah. That's definitely the trend. Yeah. Why do you think and, how that uh, is? What's that? Um, like, is there any? I mean, I would just, I would just be curious to hear um your thoughts as as to like um as to um why that's happening. Ooh, I'm, I don't know if this is going to sound controversial or not. I think that, um most of our Catholic couples don't live together. And so like going through quarantine and stuff like that, like they're like, we need to get married. Like, (laughs) (laughs) I think like the, the, um, 
Oh, holy answer is. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm not saying that you're not being holy, but the holy answer is because you know it's a sacrament and it doesn't matter. It's about these two and God, and that's what counts. And that's true. But I also think that you are right. Where it's just like, listen, this is exhausting. I hate this. If I if I get married, I am right now. No, there's definitely and there's definitely like the holy part to that, and it's. I guess maybe like because being in the in the biz for so long, that's like a, a difficult answer for me to give, just because. We've had so many really beautiful non-Catholic weddings that we've witnessed. Do you know what I mean? Like, hmm. definitely recognize, like, in the Catholic Church, it's a sacrament. You know, that we like, what we believe about that is beautiful and sacred and good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I don't know. But there's, like, a part of me that I don't want to say, like, non-Catholic couples are like, it doesn't matter, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. So how did you, um, so how did you even get into that in first place um so we went to so we'll be married 11 years this october awesome and when we went to our honeymoon in hawaii we had like a crappy like point and shoot like you know Mm -hmm. and um but you can't take a bad picture in hawaii (laughs) and so for our first christmas together we were like what if we get a nice camera like to document our life and our travels and stuff like that and then we had our first kid before our first anniversary and we started taking pictures of her. And so then other people were like, Hey, take pictures of our kids. And we were like, sure. And then somebody actually, um, uh, like Franciscan couples took a chance on us and they were like, shoot a wedding. And we were like, sure. And so that's how we sort of tumbled into it. But yeah, we've always, we've both had like creative streaks you know like obviously like steve's into music he still is yeah um and so it was just i don't know so kind of unfolded organically that way but it's been really fun and um it's definitely like an outlet for me like i homeschool so people are like oh my gosh what do you do with your kids like while you're shooting weddings and i'm like are you kidding me like i'm around them 24 7 like i get mama gets to get away for a saturday <laughs> like, awesome. yeah yeah <laughs> That's cool. So then, uh, so then, for the past ten years, then this has kind of been like you guys is has has it been the only business that that uh, that like um guys have had. So no, I I went to Franciscan, graduated with a biology degree, then I Classic. went to the sales for nursing school. Nice. So I was a nurse for two years, and then quit after we had our second baby. You know, like yeah, sure, and then. <laughs> Into photography. That's such a Franciscan's thing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Because it was like a thing. It started with Tim Willoughby back in like 2005 or six. Like he just started doing it, um, right? And then all of a sudden, I remember, I'm uh, I'm, I'm only going to think of this has been like a brother's podcast. It's kind of weird. I'm I'm actually going to be interviewing um, a Bort after this. uh, Oh, that's Bort. So, and my like, and and my um, um, old admin as well. And so it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of, I'm like, it's kind of weird. But um, yeah, Tim Willoughby and Brandon Lada, like those were two people that were sort of our mentors, especially early on, like just in like the sense of like helping us bypass some of the early business yeah. you know downfalls they are like I would assume it still are insanely good. Like I remember when, really I, when I saw first saw Tim's pictures, I was like, oh Tim's doing um photography. That's weird. I mean no, we were like, oh like that's cool. I'm um, good for him. And then I saw it and I was like, 
holy shit, this is incredible. Yeah. I mean, it was like, yeah, incredible. No, he he does great work, and and I think the thing too is he's like him and Brandon are just so consistent. Do you know what I mean? Like their brand is so strong and like they, yeah, they're very, they're very good at what they do. How do you, so, I mean, as a person who has done that and I think like, I mean, are you a more artistic, um, would you say, uh, just like, I'm um, leaning like, do you, have you done like other art stuff before you got into that stuff? So in high school, like I was into photography just as like, a hobby. Like I, my dad had like an old, you know, film camera and I was on my like school newspaper. And so I took pictures of that stuff like that. But like, honestly, because I, I was so, I was, I was at Franciscan, I was a biology major, but I'm one of the weird people who graduated with a bachelor of arts in a science degree. <laughs> like, really? Yeah. I loved English classes. I took a language, like all this kind of stuff. So I, I feel like I've had to like grow into and accept the fact that I am an artist now. Like, you know, like, because for so long, like I was like, I'm a nurse. I was a biology major. Like I like science. Yeah. So that was like a weird thing. But now I feel like I'm all in and I feel like, I don't know. And you know, this, like there's been such a resurgence of like Catholic artists and I, I'm loving Mm -hmm. it. Like, so I just feel like I've connected with so many artistic people in the church and like otherwise like and so that has like kind of kept that fueled if that makes sense yeah yeah it, it is there is a little bit of a renaissance going on right now i think mm-hmm. um catholic creatives is a really great example of just harnessing that i mean it was yes. going on before that but just yes. saying hey here's a place where people can start to you know you can, you can start to talk interact a bit and and it's like so as an artist, I'm, I'm actually curious about this idea of being consistent. How do you think, like, what brings that about? Like, being inconsistent in your work to where it's always good or it's always, like, mm-hmm. you either leave I – mean, I mean, you can really um, and interpret that however uh, however um, you want, if it's um, the quality or if it's style or, you know, whatever. Yeah, I think that's that's a really interesting question. Consistency is tough because, like – there's always going to be trends in art, you know? And if you are an artist that wants to make money off of your art, sometimes you have to like veer into those trends. But I think like the consistency comes more from your voice. Like if you're, if you're, if you have like a voice, like even if you like shift with some trends or change your edits or change like your approach, like, your voice, if it's strong, like people should be able to look at that and be like, oh, like, you know, Luke Carey made that. Like, you know, like that's, you know. Yeah. yeah. This is very confusing and also kind of exhausting. <laughs> and it keeps talking about of 2008. It's very weird. <laughs> it's very, very weird. Um, Brand is so strong. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, I'm, okay. I'm going to, I will, I will make this very quick when i do like when we do talk about the past do you know who we're talking about when we don't use certain names no i don't i don't think i knew you were that well then so you're <laughs> that's awesome I'm, I'm always i'm curious i'm like do people know who we're talking about i'm sure some people do but like i am not one to judge like 
you know what I mean? Like, whatever. Like, I broke up with Steve twice before we, like, <laughs> That's awesome. Like, I'm never going to judge anybody's That's baggage. my, yeah. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Um, no, I'm just always, yeah. It's just something that I always think, like, at some point in time, we're going to get a call from someone and say, that wasn't your story to tell. And I'll be like, was it? Probably not. Um, how long? So I, so I would say with us, like, we were, we were pretty lucky when we started our podcast because we had this like back on catalog of just like 10 years of diving into like, you know, we kind of had a master's in podcast before we even yeah. only began because we just yeah. consumed so much and we yes, thought about yes, it yes. as the medium and all this stuff. Yep. So for you, if you kind of dived, so I'm really, I'm curious for us, it took about 80 episodes. So we really found our voice. Actually, it took about mm-hmm. eight until we mm-hmm. went until we like, we found our voice and then I would say 80 until we had really harnessed it. Yeah. Um, for you as, you know, a photographer, how long did that take? Ooh, that's a great question. I think it right? took Thank us you. a while. <laughs> great job. Um, no, I think it took us a while just because we were part-time. Like Steve still had a nine to five. Like, you know, we had like a few kids and everything getting into it. Although I think it's good that we started with kids because there's so many photographers that, get into it and then they have kids and they're like, shoot, like who watches my kids on the wedding like day or like whatever, or, you know, or do we still, especially married couples, like, do we still shoot together? Like, is this just going to be his business or my business or whatever? So, um, but because we were part-time, I think it took us longer to find our voice. And I think the hard thing too, is like, again, like, you know, the rise of Pinterest and things like that. Like at first we were trying to be all things to all people and just like look like anybody else. Mm -hmm. But I, what was pivotal, um, early on was that we went to a workshop with this couple. They're Jeremy and Ashley Parsons. They're like phenomenal photographers, but not like good people. And they kind of gave us permission to like give a crap. Like, you know what I mean? Like, not to, to shoot what we love and like, and also be picky about our couples, if that makes sense. Like post pictures that like we love that we feel like tells a story. And even to this day, like Jeremy Parsons is constantly saying like, like these photographs are not about you. Like they're going to outlast you. Like these, this couple's going to move past their wedding day. Like, and so I feel like, getting permission to recognize like, I don't know, like that this, it's not about us in a lot of ways. Like it's a weird kind of art doing weddings because it's not like we're painting for ourselves or we're making music for ourselves. Like this is like, we're, we're literally altering the memory someone else has of a, like one of the most important days of their life. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah. Yeah. Huh. That's, that's, um, what was like? What would be your guys' ideal? Uh, like, 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 what did you want to see in a couple to take them on as a client? Mm, okay, I just feel like um, I don't know. Like, if they if they are more into the fact that they're getting married than the wedding day, right? Like, if they're more into each other and their relationship and the excitement about the day Mm -hmm. or excitement about family, you know, everybody being there, like things like that. Those are like great 
signs for us, you know, okay. but if it, if, if they are people, if you're someone who's like more wrapped up in details or I don't know, like, or more like super self-conscious or something like that, you know, because we always tell our couples, like, we want, we don't want to add stress to your day. And if you like let go and just are present, we'll do a better job because we're more of the documentarian kind of style. Oh, okay. Yeah. So are, are, is, are you trying to be out of the way, but also just there to like catch like, I mean, are, are, are there um, a specific things that you are trying to get or is it just, uh, you're going to see it kind of unfold as mm. the day goes on? Yeah. Yeah. We, um, yeah, we just try to follow everything. So there's another couple that is an, they're awesome photographers. They live in Canada. They're called, um, they're the mans, but, um, like that's their last name. Um, <laughs> they were saying that they heard from another photographer that you kind of want, <laughs> they have this analogy of being the stinky fart that like, when you first walk into getting ready in like the day that like everybody notices you, right. You yeah. have a camera in their face, but yeah. like as the day goes on, like everybody's gotten used to it and like nobody <laughs> cares that you're there anymore. <laughs> and that's such a perfect analogy because by the end of the day, like we're hanging out on the dance floor, like, you know, drunk, yeah. drunk bridesmaids. Oh my gosh. My favorite is when drunk bridesmaids or drunk brides tell me that they love me. Like that's happened on <laughs> more than one occasion. It's my yeah. favorite. I'm like, this was a good day. <laughs> it was a good day. The drunk girls love me. <laughs> that's kind of where you and Catching Foxes overlap was at some point yeah, in time. Was it said by both of you. I got the tagline. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. How, um, like if there's anyone, I'm just like um, that because it's really scary going into business um, on your own when it's like you know uh, just you and you know I mean you and, and a partner you know whoever. So like we're about to uh, we're actually in the process of starting our own business where like the podcast is going to actually be like a business. It will not be a company that is not illegal. IRS, if you are listening, we're paying taxes on this. We're pretty sure. We're trying. If you can make the rules a little bit more uh, explicit, that'd be helpful and not so confusing. But anyways, like what would you, any advice you give to people who are like, hey, I, I think – like I have a passion, this thing that I really, I really I like doing and I think I can make this a career. But like what does that even look like? Like uh, uh, um, what would you tell them? Gosh, uh, so many things. I feel like there's like a million books you could read. And um, I don't know. I feel like talk to people who have done it before, right? Like, especially in your field, you know, like, and how they've made it work. Because And like, also like, really evaluate the things that have held you back until now. Like for us, like, we know a lot of really great photographers who could probably afford to go full time pre-COVID. But like they were like one thing that everybody would say was like, oh, but like my my wife has health insurance or like I have health insurance through my job or, you know, like think, that was like always like the number yeah. one thing that people would yeah. say. And we were like, look into lip like, like into like a, a med share. Like that's what we did for like two years. Like we we were doing a med share and like that was our health insurance. And like we went to like, I mean, one of our kids got an appendectomy. We went to the ER, like all on that. And like, we survived and it was great. And so I don't know. So I feel like if there's something that's like, kind of like that, like last 
hurdle to get over, like just research it and find somebody who's sort of championed it. But I don't know, like Steve would be so much better at this because he runs like the business. He's got the business mind. Like, but I don't know, like I, I feel like a lot of that, like it sounds cliche, but I feel like a lot of it's true. Like, you know, understanding your why and, you know, um, Mm -hmm. doing the market research and like making sure, like, are you actually like answering a question someone's asking or solving a problem someone has, you know, like those kinds of things. Um, I don't know. Cause I think that kind of keeps you on your toes from just becoming like a part of the like crowd. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I, I think, I mean, for us, um, I think that, um, one reason why this has taken a long time is that it was more just like, oh, we should probably undo this because we do want to sell um, we do want to sell um, merchandise and we do want to, you know, it's like we should like let's make more money so let's do this. And there's <laughs> always been this, you know, uh, we just have a we have so much going on yeah. that it was never a priority, which then also uh, tells me that we really didn't have a good idea. And I think it wasn't until we started getting good ideas for, okay, now I know how I want to do merchandise. And, you know, we have a plan for live shows now where hopefully we might even be able to, like, start to – I mean, my dream, dream goal is to book a Catching Foxes live show at a theater. Not not like a huge one, but like – or like a small club where it fits, like, you know, 200 people or something like that. Like a Knights of – I mean, just – I would take a Knights of um, Columbus Hall and act like we're um, we're in, like, a (laughs) screamo band and it's um, 2006. (laughs) You know, like, I'm very okay with that. And I'm like, like, if we can make this stuff – like, this, like – it's. I think when you have that idea, because I mean, there are people that just like, oh, I really want to like have my own business or do a thing. But you do need to have that real specific, like, why am oh, I doing yeah. and what am I going to do? Because then everything else falls into place. Yes. No, that's so true. And I think that's the thing. Like, it took us so long to decide to go to full time, and then it all kind of like burnt up in 2020. <laughs> like, yeah. How's I so, mean? Like, how's it been for? I'm oh, sorry. Like, sorry. No, no, no. I was just going to say, like, I, I think that, um, yeah, I think entrepreneurs aren't people that, like, wake up one day and just start a business. Like, they've done so much homework. Like, I don't care if it's, like, an Etsy shop or a podcast or, like, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. you, you've put in work. Like, and so I think, like, it, the fact that it take, has taken you guys time to, like, really hone what you want to put out there and how you want that business to look is good because otherwise like you can crash and burn so easily. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we spent it took like, it just, I mean, having to, having to come up with a name, like just like set us back. <laughs> like, oh, it just, it's uh, I don't know. It's, it's definitely like, this is the most excited. I've, I think honestly for us too, this is the most excited I've been about, about uh, just uh, about, like what we're doing because, um, because we're at a point now where like things are becoming like kind of possible. And so yeah. that's really exciting. So how, I, I mean, feel like birthing a business is like having a baby. Like there's never a good time. Like there's never going to be a perfect year that you're that's like, a good this point. is it. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's funny too. Like we, when I started to realize that this was actually a business and like we could really do, we could do something. Um, on with it was when it, we didn't make money till about two years in, mm-hmm. and yeah. I was like, yep. "Huh, we're hitting all like the normal, t- t- the normal trends 
we're yeah. kind of doing that on our own. It's just yeah. starting to happen where people are now saying, hey, can we give you money? And yeah. we were like, yes, please. <laughs> so, you know, so we'll, we'll take several. I mean, the first uh, live show that we ever did was at a bar out in Houston. I don't even, we may have been two years old, like, you know, uh-huh. and I remember there was about 30 people there and I was just like, whoa, like people came to this and then, you know, <laughs> and, and just, and it just, it's, you know, and then we've done it where we had like 300 people at our, when we were out in um, San Diego. Now I'm not saying they were all there because of us, but they're just, is this thing of like, okay, so this is actually like, this is yeah. growing though. You know, I think that's the thing too. Like, right. I mean, you guys already have an audience, so I don't need to tell you this, but like, I think that is another thing. Again, this is like business world that I'm not good at, but it's really interesting. Have you read this is marketing by Seth Godin? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. So like when he talks about like, like connecting with your people and like finding your audience and like, you make it for them and nobody else matters. Like, you know, like he talked about like how low the percentage of Facebook users are in comparison with like the world population, right? You feel like everybody's on Facebook, but they're not like, but just that idea that nobody, but the people who are into what you're offering matter, you know, like just the people who, who get you and want what you're giving out, you know? Yeah. So how's um, having to navigate all of that like um, in COVID? How's that like? Mm-hmm. Just I'm sure this is like we only have a couple of minutes left. So here's like a you know like let's just like tear open this wound here. Uh, like how's like how has that been? Um, it's been interesting. Um, okay, let's see. Um, it's been hard because we've just had so many conversations of back and forth, right? Like, do, are we ever going to go full time again? Are we going to stay, you know, part time and just really hyper focus on the couples that we do have in the pipeline, you know, because honestly, I think this goes for a lot of businesses, but especially in the wedding world, this is a two year recovery. Like we're not going to get back to normal until 2022 because half the couples that were booked this year are taking up half of our dates for next year. Right. Because they all bumped. So we're like half capacity next year for business. So it's just, it's going to be a marathon, not a sprint, you know, to see how this all shakes out. And it's going to be interesting to see who survives in the industry, whether it's venues or vendors or whatever. But, um, yeah, so it's just, it's an ongoing conversation and it's also, it's so intrinsically tied to like the mood of the nation, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. that's kind of the hard because our events are over 50 people usually. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Have, yeah. So yeah. 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 And it's, and that will probably, I would imagine would impact how much people um, want to pay for and stuff. Yes. And just yeah. Yeah. The whole, right. If they only want you for a few hours, like why should they pay you full price or if they only need one of you or, if, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's definitely, it's interesting. And then there's also like, just one thing too, is the judgment factor. Like if we shoot a wedding where it was close friends and family and nobody's wearing a mask, do we post that on social media and people will Mm -hmm. berate us for it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, or if it's just, you know, and you're kind of like, 
I'm just a photographer. You know, like, right. <laughs> just, this is their moment, not yours. Right. It's not your story. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, um, we are, we are like, I'm right at time. I'm actually on time, which is insane. Um, this has been really awesome. Oh, thank you. Fun. I appreciate it. Thanks for interviewing me to replace Gomer. I wait to hear your callback. So <laughs> it's great. It's great. Uh, you're probably gonna have to like edit out of you know just say um, a couple parts here. You were kind of explicit, so you know even for us we, 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 we like to tone it back a little bit. Um, so like I think people think we're so filthy, and, I'm and like, that you edit out like everything. Yeah, I'm like what you hear for the most part is the worst of it. Like, no, my favorite is when you guys say, yeah, we should probably that edit that out. And then you leave that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I would like to believe it's because I'm a gomer, I'm when hurt, and, and he goes, oh, it's fine. Which <laughs> is usually the case. But there's, there's a small part of my brain that's like, you didn't even hear that part at all. Up, did you? <laughs> you just, like, <laughs> just, you just, oh, whatever. So cool. Well, this will probably go out either tomorrow, if not then, like early Saturday. So cool. I got to see if Gilmore wants right. to edit it or I'll put it um, together. And this is actually – I'm really enjoying this because it's kind of like just a fun way to do these. Like I think we're, we're now getting better at interviews so we can do these yes. little like <laughs> tight, small things where as, as opposed to in, in, in the past where it's like, so Derek Webb, you like stuff? <laughs> <laughs> stuff is cool. Um, yeah. so anyways, awesome. Uh, well, I'm going to thank you again. Um, yeah, thank you. Please say hi to Steve. I haven't said hi to him in like ten years, so I feel bad now. But uh, no, no, it's okay. He's great. He's great. Nice, <laughs> nice. And um, yeah, I really hope that things um work out though for you guys because because you know, I I I I'm have seen um guys' stuff online and and um it's fantastic. So I really hope it works out for you. No, I'm excited for you guys too. That's a cool direction you're moving in. That's great. Yeah, it's going to be called Torches Up Together. So. Awesome. Which, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. We might do a podcast. Um, we might do like a podcast like network where we might just totally quit. So we'll see. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> we go either way. So it all really depends upon if we get like I would imagine what's really going to kill this podcast is that either like um, uh, him or I just get some incredible paying job. We're like, yep, well, we're done now. <laughs> You know, just, yeah, Gomer gets hired like by like the USCCB or yeah, something. Exactly. Like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He'll working for um, Ward on Fire and will um, leave me immediately <laughs> and be like, Luke, who? I'm sorry. I want that sweet, sweet Baron money. And just. No, yeah. I would totally listen to your Fallout podcast then. Like, where you just. Oh, like... it'll, it'll happen one day. And I'm, it's going to air. No, I mean, I don't think. I've, I'm just. At some point in time, we will do a last um, podcast, even if we're like, you know, like 80. And I yeah. want it to be like, okay, let's talk about why this is ending. <laughs> and then yeah. whatever. Either if it's like, like I'm about to die, and I'm like, <laughs> this is what you've done to me, you know, or something like that. Like I wanted to, like the it's it's the podcast really is a long um defeat is really what I'm saying here. So All right. going into the show just so we're clear oh okay <laughs> no just kidding you're fine you're fine you're fine 
All right, everyone. So I'm here. This is this is actually happening. I'm here with I was Sarah Rose Board, and I'm here with Sarah Rogers. Uh, two people that I would say I'm going to know me pretty well. Two people who have uh, been very close to the Catching Foxes. Um, I don't know how to put it. Like our son, I guess, if you will. You know, if like we were the son, you guys are kind of in orbit. But you're not the son, so. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, yeah, so um, I thought I would have <laughs> good. I'm gl- glad that you're drinking. Um, I certainly am. Are you currently at your Airbnb, Sarah Rogers? No, I'm at my house. I'm back home. Oh, you're back. You're yeah. back from Cleveland. How was that? I wasn't in Cleveland. You were in Cleveland. I was. I was in Sandusky. <laughs> That's practically Cleveland, Sarah. Rogers. Whatever. It was great. Um, cool. So I thought we, if you guys wanted to, we'll just, so I'm doing this little half hour chat and we'll just chat about on oh, whatever, but about a ministry, you know, just being in your twenties. Mm. Uh, let's all just to give the people. So we've had a bunch of old, we've had a bunch of older <laughs> millennials on so far. And now we're going to like the young, are, are, do you guys consider yourself to be Gen Z or are you millennials? <laughs> Millennials. We're, we're definitely millennials. I think we're like on the borderline of millennial and Gen Z. No, I would say, okay, why do you, like, you guys both s- said oh, millennials with like a tinge of resentment in, in your voice? Like, what's what's that tinge of resentment all, all, all about? Why is that there? I don't want to be Gen Z. I mean, I definitely don't want to be Gen Z. I don't know anything about like what the kids are talking about these days. Oh really? So now you're only you're like 24 years old, and you, think, you don't know what, what the kids are. This has been that was my okay. So to give everyone a little bit of backstory, I was in as you guys all know, I was the director of the adult office for the Archdiocese of Cincinnati, and actually worked. Remember with, when you you used to not tell where you worked, but like everybody <laughs> figured it out. There was there were some people who still were like, "Where do you work?" And I was like, "Are you, are you serious?" I mean, really? Are you serious? It's, I say I'm in Cincinnati. I say I work for a um, diocese, and I say I do um, young adult ministry in a major metropolitan U.S. city. Um, and then I so uh, I would just be curious, like what's like what do you guys do in ministry right now? Just just so just so people know, Sarah. Oh. Like, how do you not don't, know? Of course I, I don't give me a, okay. I'm gonna have to call you a Raj so people are aware. This is gonna be like the shit show one where it just ends up just in a speak I'm for sure. yourself. Um, so we'll we will start with um, you, Raj. What do you do? Um, I work for the young adult office of evangelization and discipleship for the Archdiocese of Cincinnati. Say that three times fast. Um, I am. Luke's old assistant. Damn straight. Um, so now I just basically do his job. <laughs> just kidding. No, but <laughs> <Just> really? <laughs> what? No I didn't comment. say anything. No, I'm saying no comment. Anyways. You were trained um, well. Yes. You had a very good um, mentor. That's true. So, yeah, I basically just do any... Um, like event planning and marketing social media for like any young adult event that's put out by the archdiocese, be it like campus ministry, single young adult, or like marriage prep type stuff. So. Nice. How about you, Sarah Rose? 
So I have a similar job to the Sayraj. I do young adult ministry at a parish here in Cincinnati. It's, um, I think we have like one of the, we definitely have one of the largest young adult groups that's at a parish. I, I don't think so. we have the first. We definitely don't have the first, but wait, um, really? Who has the first? No, the, I think it depends. Yeah. It, it just depends. Like, what era are are you talking about? So, if you are wanna, you talking like? Okay. Because, like, we had a young adult group before I started, like, before I took over. Mm. But, like, there's, like, the Gertrude one, and then, like... That doesn't count. That doesn't count. Oh, (laughs) spitting heat so that half our listeners won't understand, but you'll understand. Okay, how... I wish wish people understood how jealous and bitter people in ministry can be towards other Mm. groups. Like, I feel like true. there's constant comparison. Like you and like you, mm-hmm. you, yeah. You need to feel like you had an idea first. So like the candlelight yeah. mass, for example. Like we had that idea first, but then like other places started copying that. But we stole it from Denver. <laughs> That's true. This is true. We stole it from Denver, but Denver's far enough away. They're not like yeah. I don't know the next diocese. <laughs> Do you remember when I saw that? I got real mad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you guys I'm have both seen mad. me at my worst when I get like bitter and angry towards mm. the things in ministry. Mm. Um, yeah, it. Uh, it's. I, I think to a certain extent, it's kind of good because there's a thing where you're like you're you're proud about what you're doing. You have you have you feel ownership over it, and when you see another person doing it, oh. I, I almost easy. I almost sorry. Uh, don't trust anyone when like they don't have that at least a bit because it's like well do you care you know and now it could be that they're just they're like there are they are advanced enough in their holiness or like god has worked in their life to an extent where they're like no i'm actually what i should be it's like okay it's fair um i also feel like i on that same line i feel like i judge people who are in ministry who didn't go to Franciscan. Oh, absolutely. Or that, I, um, or that I don't know personally. I said, or that I don't know personally because <laughs> I know you. But, like, when I see other youth ministers, I'm like, but, like, yeah. where did you learn your <laughs> techniques? <laughs> but, like, how? <laughs> yeah. And I'm not saying that, oh, that's a horrible um snapshot of me. Can we do I'm a different sorry. one? Yeah, you need know. to read. Listen, I I've also, I, also I put on a bit of weight during the COVID times and with, Listen, with the baby. I'm with trying me. to figure out how Find to make myself bigger on the screen, but I just keep accidentally either flipping my camera or taking a snapshot. Wow. And I don't need to do either. Well, of those I mean, things. when you look at the Steubenville thing, that I had that with Ned a bit when I first was doing a work with Ned and I really like Ned I, and I love the, the ministry that Ned did but th- there was definitely this thing where I was like why don't I trust them like like why do I have this thing where like they have to prove themselves to me and I felt I felt bad about it it was like these people are good people and I love working with them and when I can when I'm able to when I'm able to walk away from that I mean we became only really good friends and and the, um, then it was fine, but there's this initial like, okay, who are you? I don't know you. Why don't why don't I know you? And yeah. it's typically because they're not mm-hmm. in like you know it's 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 just like with any um, other. I hate to put it this way, but when you have like a group of people who do a, do a um, certain thing, and if it re- requires them to have a college a college um, degree to to do it, they're going to tend to be schools where like the bulk of your workers come from. 
and it can be your like you know Harvard or like or whatever if you're in politics you know or or if you're in um tech it could it um could be Stanford you know other things I'm um, like that where it's just you just go to this is like the one of the predominant job fields there that people go and do and yeah so you're just going to know. And, but there does – you do tend to build this like weird like I don't know you. Why don't I know you? That's that's weird. Mm-hmm. Even though they may – like they're probably very good at good, – you know, so like let's just take – I think if you take what like Emily Conklin has done over um, um, at St. X, just, you know, as a volunteer wanting to see that happen, she didn't mm-hmm. have a Franciscan um, background. She just had a heart mm-hmm. um, for ministry and came in and blew mm-hmm. it out of the water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. because she – you know, and I think that's, but but you're right. There is this thing of like, especially with youth ministry, where you're like, oh, yeah. I don't know you. That's weird. And you get into your yeah. camps, and it's easy. Like you're kind of in the Franciscan camp, though. Um, Raj by osmosis. Yeah. Well, I feel like just working for the diocese. Well, because like ninety-eight percent of their employees went to Franciscan. Do you guys? Yeah. As, do you think that's There's- a problem? Well, I'm going to say they're slowly becoming less Franciscan. There was a like, period where it got real hot for a it bit. It got yeah. real Franciscan, and now they all basically left. So you sure did. That's true. Um, it's like, yeah, I feel like a lot more, like, randomness now or people that did things in, like, focus or, like, other, like, missionary-type yeah. fields. You are seeing a lot of focused uh, people now going into ministry and other roles. Yeah, yeah, which I think it's great because I think that it definitely each place has their own charism. And so they're bringing in their charism to the workplace, which I think at first can maybe cause a little bit of um, tension. But I don't know. I feel like in the past like six to eight months, we've We've all worked it out in different areas where that isn't so much the case now. That's good. Can you um, both – and I'm not trying to get you to say good things about me. I truly don't mean that. So feel free to use um, other people. You are. No, no. You I'm are. not. I'm not. That's you not true. You literally are always doing that. That's not true, Sarah. <laughs> this is Luke fishing for is, No, it's not. Could <laughs> you just talk a little bit about – like in because you're both still – I mean you're you – are, you are um, – like both of you are in a really great spot where you have a, a lot of experience in ministry now. Like you aren't the new kids on the block by any means necessary, but you're yeah. like not even over 25 yet. Yes. Um, I am 25. I'm about to be 26 tw- in three real, weeks. Yeah. I in know. Three weeks. I knew that. We hate September for me. 24th, right? Yes. Thank you're welcome. you for remembering. I also remember what you said to me a week ago when you said, oh, 26, prepare to start aging in your face. <laughs> I did tell you that. <laughs> and Aaron was like, Luke, oh, my God. Why would you say that? I was like, that? what? It's true. She needs to prepare for that. <laughs> I'm not prepared, just so everyone you're knows. Fine. I'm you're not fine. prepared. You're, listen, you're still going out. You're still not paying for drinks anywhere you go. So you're fine. This is true. Anyways. <laughs> um, can you talk about like just the importance of having a really um, good mentor when you start in ministry and, and like how that's helpful? If it even was helpful at all. Yeah. I guess I could start. So my first job in ministry was back in New York um, right when I graduated from Franciscan. And I was doing um, director of religious education work. 
So it was not as much ministry as, as it was admin work. Um, but the pastor was a Franciscan grad and I'd known him, um, for a few years and he was really great because he was definitely, um, had it just a heart for ministry. So like he was always trying to bring it back to ministry and like why I love doing what I do, even though the paperwork sucked and like parent meetings sucked and everything like that. And then when I got to Cincinnati, I like knew nobody except for my fiance at the time. And I met Luke on a plane coming back from a conference. And it was just crazy because I had been talking to my spiritual director who said, you should listen to this podcast, Catching Boxes. And then I met Luke on a plane. And so I remember like in the first few months, we got coffee pretty regularly. And that was just awesome because I had no idea what to do about young adult ministry because Mm -hmm. there's no... There's no blueprint out there for it or any sort of like model. So it was great to just bounce ideas. Definitely. So bouncing ideas off of you and like kind of collaborating really started the like partnership between St. Cecilia and the Archdiocese, which I think has contributed a lot to both of the growths. I would agree. I would agree with that. Yeah. I would definitely agree with that. Um, Yeah. I would say that... When I first started out in ministry, my mentorship was pretty null. There wasn't really anyone that was, um, because it was youth ministry, and it was middle school youth ministry, which is the worst Worst. kind of ministry. (laughs) I would rather die. (laughs) But yes, literally. I would rather Um, die. Yeah. Well, I had like such a skewed vision, because my first encounter with, youth ministry on that level with middle schoolers was at um, a local, for anyone that's not from Cincinnati, Theology of the Body, like, institute-type place that we have called Rua Woods. Um, And I would teach a class there to middle schoolers. Um, But those were all, like, middle schoolers that, like, wanted... kids. Like, they wanted to be there... Are you okay there? Are you good? <laughs> My um, phone fell. She's drunk. Um, Obviously. <laughs> you know how Stella um, rolls. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I thought we weren't going to go there, Luke. <laughs> um, but so, no, so all those middle schoolers, like, wanted to be there, and they, like, gave a shit about what they were learning. But then my second encounter with middle school youth ministry was at a Montessori school, which I'm not knocking Montessori learning like at all. I think that it's great in the younger years. Um, I won't say any more on that. And then it was, I was basically like a glorified babysitter and they were just all crazy and they were making TikTok references and I didn't understand. And oh, I, I wonder how that feels. And <laughs> the memes were just in, I, I could not understand them. And, um, so I was like, wow, yeah, I never want to do youth ministry ever again. Um, except there was a retreat that would happen every year and that was with high schoolers. And I really enjoyed that. And that's where I met Luke and then we developed a friendship. And then from there, 
I met Brad and like everyone else. And I was like, all these people are really cool. I really want to work with them. And so I just followed Luke around for two years until he gave me a job and then left me six months later. I, it was not so. six months later. It was, <laughs> it was I love to see it. It, it was literally six months. It was not six months later. All men love the chase. That's and then when it's time <laughs> to put the work in, they just don't want to oh do it. My okay? gosh. Oh my gosh. Listen. <laughs> so you're like everyone in that's my relationship. That's not true. Anyways. <laughs> Why do I always get grouped into your relationships? Um, don't act as if we haven't spent many times talking about your own relationships. That's... I would just like to say, now that I have my moment on Catching Foxes, <laughs> I want to say my favorite work memory of Luke is, is when we have to dress in business casual. Luke comes in in jeans, New Balance type sneakers, That's what I was and a USA yeah, sure. t-shirt. The classic Luke carry outfit. Yes, and Ward, yes, he's definitely not allowed to be wearing that. He goes up to like the director's director's boss, who is a priest, the and head says, of our "Yes, he says, hey, I'm sorry, I'm wearing this.'" <laughs> and he goes, and he goes, "Well, I don't mind. Just don't be somewhere where people can see you." So then Luke proceeds to rent out our all-glass conference room (laughs) where anyone can see him. And then we have a meeting that turns... Okay. Well, if the archbishop had come up on the elevator, he would have seen you. So then Luke proceeds to use the giant, like, TV-sized monitor... Do you remember how much I love that? Yes. To... Google image search himself (laughs) and then goes through a Google image search timeline all the way back to 2015 to tell me about his weight fluctuation. (laughs) Very stressful post the stroke. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Now I'm going to Google Luke. It's true. Yeah, you see some really weird fat pictures of Luke. And then. And then, like, a random picture of McCarrick came up, and you were like, oh, my God, what is that doing in there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say it was the time when we went into my office and we ended up on Facebook for, for an hour. Oh, yeah, researching all your ex-girlfriends. Yes, that was another time. We weren't time. researching. We um, were- <laughs> what do you call Facebook stalking? It's research. I don't remember why we did that, but we did. Um I knew I forgot about the story about I don't know why I had that outfit on. I, I don't remember I, why I did that. I think it was because you had come from a meeting and we had candlelight mass and you weren't planning on coming into the office like between that time. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. True. Towards the end I also just started going, You guys don't really care what I do, so I'm just gonna do what I wanna do and what I think works. Oh, and we just lost Sarah Rogers. It's fine. Oh, I need to make sure this is recording. That reminds me. Catching foxes is the best. I don't know what happened. Are you there? Yep. I'm no, okay, good. So this sorry. is No, you're fine. This is Can you recording. hear me? Yep. Okay. I had to plug in my phone, so Oh my gosh. I was literally speaking of McCarrick, I'm on a true crime kick. And I was listening to Crime Junkie, and did you know that he's, like, kind of connected to this murder? What? What? Okay, that was probably misleading. That was, like, a Babylon <laughs> B like, article title, <laughs> like, McCarrick murdered. 
But no, apparently, like, his godson was, like, convicted of murder. Oh, that's awful. Back when he was, like, a parish priest. Or, no, 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 I think he was a bishop at the time. In New Jersey, yeah. And they were, like, and then they tied in the scandal because they were, like, he was the guy who was the murderer was, like, an altar boy. So they were, like, we don't know if, like, now that he's been convicted. Jeez. Like, oh, I, I, I think you guys heard the story of, um, the, of like, I think I even told on the podcast that I had a friend in, in ministry. This, this is a, a Megan Mastriani. Now, yes, Megan, I love Megan. That story of when um, she was having like a real hard time and she was on some retreat, kind of like how we were all going through her just hell back in 2018, uh, 2019, which is with everything everything going on. And she was on this retreat and she felt like called to go into this, I'm like, just to go into this like library. She was like, fine, I will. And so she went and um, grabbed the book and found his, his ornation card in there. And it said, please pray for me on the bottom. Stop. That gives me. Wow. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Body chills. And she was just like, okay. So she's like, just was like, okay, that's like total. Just like, isn't that crazy? Like just. Yeah. Abandonment to. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, It really just convicted wow. me to make sure that like, just continue to pray for uh, Ted. And um, just, ugh, man. So how is like, how are you guys um, um, just like. Um, with COVID, how's your ministry holding up? Like, how's it changed? Has it, anything been good happening, or is it all just like, man, this is a mess? Just kind of holding I feel like on. in the beginning, in the beginning, there was a lot of traction with like using digital platforms, yeah. and that was really inspiring to see parishes step up and like redo their websites and buy yeah. a subscription to yep. Zoom and stuff like that, and get more active on social media. Because I feel like it was a good kick in the butt. And then now it's like everybody's super zoomed out. Nobody wants to do anything online anymore. Mm-hmm. And so now that things are happening in person, it's just interesting to see, like, who comes to stuff, who doesn't, um, who complains about people not wearing masks and who, like, won't come near anyone else. Um and especially and then he like refuses to wear a mask. Yeah, yeah. I, I guarantee you, I could go to a thing in Cincinnati and I could pick out who's like refusing and who's doing what and who's. I, yep. I would. I almost want to drive down there for one thing just to do that and then leave. <laughs> Turn it into a drinking game. Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's definitely. Um, I kind of wish I was still in ministry right now because it'd be I. I probably would be insufferable, so there's that. You would, yeah. Yeah, I'd have a real hard time with this. Um, I could, gar- I could guarantee you, I would lose my mind. I don't even know how the archdiocese has responded, and I can guarantee you, I would just be on a warpath about it, even if it made sense. Yeah, I would just. I do think that's where you and I are super different because I don't give a hoot about how they're responding. I just am like, I'm a young adult. I know what I need. I know what my friends need. I'm just going to do that. (laughs) And then it is what it is. They can respond however they want to. Because honestly, and like, I will sing this to my dying day. Like, no one cares with the artifacts. No one cares. Yeah. They care about what 
Perry is doing and what Sarah Rhodes is doing and Sarah Rogers is doing. Like, they care about us as people because we're their friends, but they don't care about what the institution is doing. And we all know that because we also don't really care. Because like you just said, you said you don't know how the Archdiocese responded because you don't care. You know? I, yeah, I have been impressed with what the like things like the Catholic, uh, the Catholic Telegraph and stuff. Like what, um, the human, yeah. yeah, that's been really good. There's been, there, that mm-hmm. have been doing some really good things. It's yeah. just, uh, I think you, you um, here, Roger, I think you bring up a really good point in the sense that the institutional church is really important, and like we understand its 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 importance and the role that it has to play. But when when you look when you look at young adults, they don't care at all. Like at all. I don't, I think yeah. for the, even the ones who are really, really in don't care. And yeah. so there's this thing where I, I just, I keep want to, I just want to scream sometimes at like different archdioceses or uh, I'm different. I'm like curious, but like, listen, you, you cannot like, I, I can't remember being actually at a meeting in the archdiocese telling all the directors you are an afterthought i need you to understand that with this age group you they don't even consider anything that we do or have to say to be remotely important Mm -hmm. and so let's just remove all any of anything that assumes that they care about this aside and then talk about what can we do yeah oh i completely agree i will say that that's actually one thing that i've not enjoyed about COVID, but I've had like more time for is we've had a lot of people move here during this time just for like grad school and whatnot. Um, so they're like in like the twenties age range. Um, and there's nothing, there's no like big tent event for them to go to. And so it like, forces us to meet with them one-on-one and Mm -hmm. develop relationships with them and so for me it was super like I don't know if this sounds selfish but like it was really fulfilling to come to the first like big tent event candlelight mass after all of this and meet all of the people that I had been like fostering like relationships with like whether it was like over zoom or like one-on-one coffee dates in like a bigger setting and like get them connected to the larger community and I thought that everyone was going to be scared to come out but it's honestly been like quite the opposite in my experience and like I'd say like the things that I've done at St. Cecilia's is the same way like it's been Mm -hmm. the opposite like they're not scared to come out they're ready to come out because they miss they're friends and the institutional church happens to be the ones that are offering them like an organized gathering to see their friends. And so I think that that's where we like act up. Yeah. I think this is a real chance for the church to reach out to younger people because they're the ones that are going to be like, yes, please. I just want to be around friends. I just want to be around people right now. And there's a real, um, uh, I just, I hope people see it and are willing to take and find ways to harness it. It's, it, it, it's just going to require people to think outside the box or, or not, who knows, um, maybe not even outside the box, but just like phone calls inviting people to mass or whatever, just to like, people are hungry for human interaction again, I think. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Which is great because it's like that's been a thing that has been growing within all of us for so long. And it's like COVID has like forced it to finally like fester to the point where we like notice it. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we are, we are right at the half hour mark and I, and I did, uh, tell you guys it would like only be a half hour. So if you guys have to go, you can, I don't want to keep it. I know you guys are only, you guys are young and have tons of energy. Uh, I'm so tired all the time now, just so you're aware. I'm just exhausted all the time. It's awful. Um, how is the baby? She's good. She's good. She is 13 pounds. I think. Uh, she's the size of your average, 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 um, gosh, what'd you say? She's the size of your average four month old, um, baby. So like she's a a decent size. She's, uh, she's good. So we have the, we have her baptism all. It's like all all ready to go on the 27th. So we're gonna have father, uh, Dan Hess is going to do it. We're all very excited about that. Aww. So, do all of the Catching Foxes listeners know who her godmother is, or uh, they don't? Because you know who cares. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's it it is Raj here. She's a godmother, so <gasps> don't screw it up. Follow me to say Raj on Twitter, <laughs> and then you'll know how Everly will be raised. Um. <laughs> you do have more followers than I do now, so I know. I. Know. No. I did back it off. I made everything. my account private. I, I okay, knew that whatever. you knew that. But it took everything within me to not like announce that to the world. I and saw I like, it and I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> I, <don't know> <laughs> <laughs> I was um, like, don't be petty, don't be petty. <laughs> be, be petty. Um, <laughs> okay, so I have a question for you guys. And feel free to be as honest as you guys want. We will be. So now that there's a bit of, you know, it's been about a year and a half since I left the archdiocese and take, do not take into account like my career or like anything like that, or just do it. You know, it's fine. Do you think I made a mistake leaving? Don't ask me that. <laughs> I've had like three glasses of wine. I'm very emotionally attached. <laughs> No, and I, I don't mean, I mean this. This is not. I'm just. I'm just be curious to get like your take, because because uh, um, no one's ever going to tell me. And, and I don't mean in, in the sense of like like. I mean, we're in a weird time. I'm not saying that like it's bad now. I just I just mean like, did it seem like oh this was the right thing? Like it was time for Luke uh, to move on, or was it just like oh Luke just decided to and we're fine? I feel like it was a hard. I mean, it was, I'm sure it was a hard decision for you. I think it was hard because, like, I feel like the ministry had just really gotten I off know. the ground. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And so a lot of people, I think, were confused, maybe, and also, like, grew to love you and your efforts. Um, and so I think there was, like, a level of an element of that. And you were also, I think, a lot more... Um, visible and sociable than other directors of offices might be like you did the admin work that you had to do, but you also were like actually out there in the, yeah, maybe not. (laughs) Maybe Sarah, Sarah did your admin work, but you were actually out there. (laughs) Do you remember the time when, uh, this is how bad we were at like that admin stuff. 
Do you remember when we had we were supposed to not have mass at Saint Cecilia? And you had told us like months earlier. You were oh, like, hey, don't yeah. book this date. And you're like, just do it. And we're like, yeah, sure, it's fine. Like, we can totally do that. And we never checked again. No, no. <laughs> and we got and some Luke message from me you. And it was like, Sarah Rose is mad at me and I'm really scared. I was. <laughs> oh, like, she's from New York. They get intense when they're angry. <laughs> <laughs> you know me. <laughs> and I was like, I'm from Dayton, Ohio. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm 15 years older than you, but I'm scared. I was in Stella, so you should be scared. It's also that, yeah. <laughs> Um, no, cause I would agree with that, Sarah yeah. Rose, though. I would agree with that. I would say, like, I mean, personally, I was offended, obviously, because we were friends, and I was like, why do you want to leave me? Um, I, I think in the long run, like, saying this, like, a year and a half later, it was the right decision for you to leave that office, um, maybe even the archdiocese in general, could I see you fulfilling another role in like what we're doing as an archdiocese later? I could totally see that. I could still see that. Yeah. To this I day. thought that too. I thought Especially that too. with what like the center of new evangelization is doing. I could absolutely see you just thriving in that and enjoying it a lot. Not that you don't enjoy what you're doing now, but mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, just enjoying that. I will say that I, when it happened and I was kind of like, oh, wow, like, there's a lot of responsibility on my plate now. One, that made me, like, grow as a person. Mm -hmm. But two, I actually think that that was the best thing that could have happened for that that transition. Mm -hmm. I think that you and I were like known as like a team and then you left and I was still there. And I think if someone had filled that immediately, everyone would have been cold to that person. I think that your personality, yeah, had just like done so much for the ministry that people needed to see that like, it could be what it was on like the backbone of like myself and the core team for like mm-hmm. that amount of time before someone else filled it with a different personality than yours. And I bring this up because really for uh, two or three reasons. Um, one is I don't think we ever really talk about t- transition. You know, like as a church, when people tend to like almost oh, leave roles, it's like okay, they're done now. And they can be, they can, it can be as if they were there for like 10 to 30 years or, 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 or um, something. And that's kind of how it goes. And there are times when I think we should probably really try to um, put more work into how this, uh, how this um, transition's going to go. And it doesn't mean that this person has, has to be involved, but just understand that, you know, a, um, that a transition's happening and there's work that we can do to make this go well. Yeah, I completely agree because a ministry position is not a business position. It's not just a job application as much as we want to act like it is. It is a personality. Yeah, yeah. A personality can make or break a ministry position. And that's the other thing that I think that that's the other piece that I I have the worst COVID slash parent brain slash stroke brain. I don't know. I'm like forgetting everything now, like everything. 
I've stopped and like I don't know who you are or your name. Why are we here? <laughs> um, just, you should go to a doctor. I'm so yeah. tired. Um, I'm so tired. No, but uh, it um, there's such. I, th- I think I used to uh, tell this to you guys about how there are certain um, positions in the archdiocese that when there would be a, another person would then would then go into it, I would always say, I want to see how this goes, because this is going to help us understand if these things are way more personality-based than what we think. Yeah. Uh, not saying that God mm-hmm. can't um, use that or work through it, but it just, like, we need to not, we, like we need to call a spade a spade. Like, if this is a personality-based thing, that's okay. Then, then like, we need to adjust our plans and what we're going to do and understand yes. where the Holy Spirit could be leading us accordingly mm-hmm. oh i absolutely agree with that and i think that i agree that's not a thing that's like talked about enough and i think that definitely happened with you i think that happened even more so with ryan mealy r.i.p god love him um he's been brought think, up uh, several times on this podcast recently. yes 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 um i just i think that you both have very big personalities and someone can't just be expected to like Bill or replace it's just yeah. Really yeah different yeah no and that's not a bad thing at all we hired someone for ryan's old position and i love her and she's awesome but she's not ryan but she i should no one should want her to be because yeah his chapter ended and that's where mm-hmm. you know i think i t- told this to you both but i can um, remember the real exact um moment when i said i think it's actually really time for me to leave was when I was I was I was at a meeting up in um Dayton, mm, and I admittedly had a difficult. I think this, this isn't a surprise for the people in that group. We just had a difficult time. We never really gelled. Mm. There was just never a moment where I felt like it was that, and it's probably a, like probably a lot of that was you know on me, and the false narrative I had built what? in my head about no. it. <laughs> you know how I get. <laughs> Um, I feel like anyone who has to like I'm gonna work with me half of their job is just learning to understand me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but there was this element where I was like, oh, I don't need to be here for what's going on here, and I and I so like that told me that there was other work that really had to be done there, and I didn't have the emotional bandwidth for it. Yeah. And that's. I honestly. Sorry. No, you're fine. Oh, we just lost I- Sarah Rose. I think that that is my hardest time. Hi. I have to plug my phone in now. No, That's fine. okay. I get it. I get it. I don't know why it disconnects. I promise I won't, I won't. I'm going to keep you guys up too much I'm later. No, it's late. okay. We're young. <laughs> um, we're filled with coffee. I think that that's honestly the hardest thing for me. Wait, what were we just talking about? I about uh, when I left and when I realized it was that it was possibly time. Oh, I think that that's the hardest thing for me is because a lot of people in the Archdiocese recently have been realizing that it's time and they've been leaving and I don't want to do that. I don't want to leave. And I commend people that leave and that go on to other ministries, but I'm like, I don't want to leave. I want to do the thing. I want to like stick it out. Because you, as you know, there were a lot of good things happening oh, yeah. when you left. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know that Ryan felt the same way and Brad felt the same There are so many people that know that there are good things, but they're just like, 
they're so tired from it that they want to leave. And I'm approaching my my mark, my 18th month like Worth, mark, where yeah. it's like you're supposed to be too tired. And I'm like, but I'm not. And so there's part of me that's like, is something like wrong with me? Am I not doing it right no. to where I don't want to leave? <laughs> or it's like, am I just going to be miserable this time next year? You know what I mean? I think, um, no, I, I honestly, I mean, just because I, I can, I, I do talk a lot about how I don't trust people who like want to be where they are in ministry and are like very happy um, with it. Cause I'm like, this is a cross. So the cross should like, should be there, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's what your cross is. Will be that, you know, it's, I'm, I am being a little bit hyperbolic when when I say that, and if you're where God wants, like, you're also like really, I mean, like, keep in mind that I was there for four years, which really isn't that long, but you know, in ministry time, kind of is, yeah. you know, and and there had a lot, there was a lot that really had been done, and mm-hmm. and in hindsight, I see, I I could have, I could have stayed. There probably was more stuff that I really could have done. I do think it was more. I think it was God saying, "Here's an opportunity. If you want to leave, you can." Yeah. But one key thing is, I think if you take a look at our, uh, you know, so if everyone who who really isn't aware, um, these two were both on this like core group I had that was helping me do stuff in Cincinnati, in the in the downtown on the metropolitan area, and. I had, we'd worked really hard to build up that group. We had a really good, we had a real core community. That was exactly what I wanted it to be. And it was hard because it was so undefinable. It was such a, it wasn't very, and it's probably still is like, what's the point of this? I'm like, that's kind of the point. It's like, you just have to be friends. Like you have to be the ones who are kind of the main advocates behind and this. And we are a testament of that. Yeah, no, exactly. And like, I knew you two. Um, would be friends, which is why I wanted you two to be a, like be a part of this. We did and... not trust each other at first because <laughs> is... we dressed alike and looked alike, and it was like, who the hell is this girl? <laughs> Except the word "girl" is not what you thought. <laughs> no. <laughs> at least she spelled her last name, or sorry, her last name. At least she spelled her name um with an H. It was S A R A. Oh my gosh! Yeah. If, if one knew, of us yeah. spelled our names S A R A, it would have been over. Right. Yeah. yeah, no way. But um, uh, like I think you're where God wants you to be. You know, and that's okay. It's okay to be where God wants you to be. It doesn't have to always be this thing of like, oh, you know, um, like you're doing. You've always wanted up to do this. You're. True. incredibly good at it. God has given you the gifts, you know, and like, oh, the talents. You do have a cross there. So you're like, I'm, I'm not saying that like you have to find your cross and go, this is mine, everyone. I'm looking to see. But you do have to like embrace it. And I think yeah. um, you do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just like, I, I, I can remember like, I really did like the hardest part was having to leave all like all of you guys, because I I just I knew what that meant. I knew it meant different relationships and all. And I was like, this is going to suck. I won't be able to see everyone as as much. But there was this element to it of, well, if I stay, I'm just staying to hang out. 
true. You know, and there's drink with me. Yeah, and, and and there's other stuff that we could have that we could have um done. Yeah, but I was kind of like I don't see it anymore. Like I think everyone understands understands um what we're doing. This is the time. I this is the time where I could hand hand it off, and it would still it would thrive. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need me any anymore. So. Yeah. Well, and I think that's something that we don't talk about is the burnout rate in ministry. And but that doesn't mean like like the burnout rate is three years, I think, in a ministry position is usually like where the average of where people switch over. And that doesn't mean that you're burned out from ministry totally. It just means from that position sometimes. Yeah. So like I've been at St. Cecilia's. I'm coming up on four years now, and, like, wow. I don't feel at all, like, that I want to move on. I mean, like, there's times when I'm, like, oh, I just want to be home with Judah, but that's because Judah's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's not because I feel, like, restless at my position. And there's, like, so I think there's something to be said, like, rest where you are, and then God will tell mm. you when it's time to leave. And I think yeah. that's exactly what... It could be 18 months. It could be four years. It could be 20 years. Um, and so, like, I just, I admire Luke for knowing when it was time for him to step off. Because I think it's so easy to become complacent in ministry. Because it's like, you can just do the same things and people will still, you know, give you kudos for it. But you're not, if you're not growing and you're not feeling like that's where you're called to be then you're just staying there, yeah, to hang out. Yeah, I agree with that. I definitely admire your humility, which I never thought that Luke Perry and humility would go together. I'm kind of having a crazy, like, epiphany right now. But 2020's been a weird year, so. That's very real. Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Well, um, this has been fun. It has. Um, Thank you, too. Are there any things you guys would like to say or ask or tell? I'm catching foxes land. Follow us both on Twitter. Stop DMing on the um, Sarah Rogers for dates. Yes. <laughs> Unless you look like you're on heroin, then apparently please keep please do it. No, Pete Davidson does not look like he's on heroin. Are you Unless joking? You're Pete, if you're Pete Davidson or Timothy Chalamet, you can absolutely DM me. If you're anyone else, <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, but yes, follow us. Do you remember when I took a screenshot of, uh, Pete Davidson when he was in some like see-through white shirt and I said, this is what you're attracted to or something like that? Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. Yes, it is. Absolutely. (laughs) There we go. That's honestly the thing I miss the most is I can't tell people at work as freely as I could tell Luke my boy problems. It just, it Mm. doesn't. It doesn't work as well. I also have no one to give my free drinks to. Ugh. It sucks. I know. It was a bad... I know you miss that. I do miss that. <laughs> I think one of my other favorite things, I, I, I do miss hanging out with everyone a lot. Like, like I just miss, you know, be like, oh, I mean, uh, you guys all helped. Let me I'll buy you I'm dinner at this thing now. You know, like that kind of team. I'm mm-hmm. We really did have. I, 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 I think it's still there, but like it was really like we all got really close and it was really cool. And that's like a sign of a um, good ministry, I think, is when you have that. Um, I don't know. Just there's just kind of like this bond that you all have because you, because mm-hmm. you were a part of this thing. 
Mm-hmm. I, I look back on. I mean, I'm very happy with uh, with everything that I'm doing now. I'm I really like a fundraising, and I love the Glen Mary Home Missioners and um, what they do. And so um, it just uh, yeah. Yeah. So well, if you're a young adult in Cincinnati and you don't come to young adult stuff, and you want to get involved, reach out to us. And you're not yeah. weird. Big yeah, caveat. Be weird. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Cincy Young Adult, <laughs> Cincy with a Y, because if you spell it with an I, you probably have issues. Um, I'm sure you'll put that all in the little thing, right? Yeah, probably. Like, little bio. You better put my. Do you want me to put your Twitter stuff on on you there? You have to you put my Instagram. Instagram. Okay, yeah, you know, actually, tell well, everyone on what your Instagram is because your Instagram is cool. You do um, uh, you do all good stuff with it. Mm-hmm. My Instagram is at Sarah underscore Rose sixteen, and yeah, I'm not <laughs> and yeah. on Twitter at all, so you don't need to follow me on Twitter. I mostly just retweet Sarah or. <laughs> favorite her stuff <laughs> my twitter is the same as my instagram so we're gucci on that but you should also follow the like official archdiocesan young adult instagram which we're about to rebrand soon that i'm very excited for because we hired praise you jesus a millennial graphic designer Ooh. a millennial yes it's amazing she's amazing oh she's so good Yes, she's in her 20s. That's when I miss being at the Archdiet because I I would work for Mike Schaefer in a heartbeat. Mm. Like I would work that whole – Mike Schaefer is my favorite employee of the Archdiet without a doubt. For people who don't know, he's the director of um, the um, uh, communication stuff there at the Archdiocese. And he's just – I love Mike. I love Mike to death. I just think he's – one of the best things that's ever happened to the, the Archdiocese. Him and um, Sean Ader are two of the best things to happen to the Archdiocese in the past 10 years. I love yeah. Sean. Sean has cool hair. Have you guys ever, ever, ever noticed that? Sean has always had cool hair. I have known Sean since the, since sometime in the 80s when we were just babes. And Sean I has always had cool hair. Sean has cool hair, but Sean is not good at mini golf. Because we went mini golfing last week, and I thought that I was going to be really bad, but it turns out that Sean is really cool. Bad. Thanks for inviting me. We're just in Dayton. It's a forty-five minute drive. Okay, we were at. Would gladly like do it. Center. We were doing a work thing. You out in out, out in Denver, people used to drive that far all, all the time to go oh and hang out gosh. at different okay, places. Well, talk to someone else that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, um, this has been fun. Thank you both for finally making Thanks your catching for foxes. Us. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for finally inviting me. Except you didn't, and Sarah Rose. No, invited. I put a thing on Twitter and Instagram. But you didn't invite me. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't going to. It's just uh, uh, okay. I'll and we're done. <laughs> <laughs>